When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast. At least we can try call it that anyway after what happened at Derby Day at the Etihad Stadium. I'm joined by Samuel Luckhurst. Good afternoon. And by Kieran Kelly. Hello Rich. And you both had the pleasure of going to the game at the Etihad. You got to see some attacking football for a change, but sadly it wasn't from United who must have just one shot on target during the whole game. Just for a matter of fact, a comparison earlier on, Southampton had six shots on target when they got battered at the Etihad a few weeks ago. Um United versus City on paper it was the result we all really expected going into the game maybe after the, the week some supporters thought they might be able to end it on an incredible high with three wins from three but do you think it was the reflection of just a reality check for United Samuel? I wouldn't even say it was a reality check I think it was just a reflection of reality <laughs> um, City are just so much superior uh, I think everybody every United fan must have just dreaded the worst when we, we had the story that Pogba wasn't with the squad we wondered whether it would be the, this elaborate ruse to, to throw City off not that they'd have lost much sleep over that I don't think uh, and you just thought he's not going to play Fred because for a number of reasons at the moment um, Fred's not really integrated well into the team so Fellaini comes in and you just thought that that midfield against City's midfield is a complete mismatch. It feels a bit of a disservice to City to call their midfield a midfield because it's always two playmakers, whether it's the Silvers or whether it's one Silver and yeah. De Bruyne. And then you've got Fernandinho at the base of it. And United just couldn't keep up at the start. And uh, I, mean, I said after in, in the blog after they went 1-0 down, if it's 1-0 at half-time, that'll be a decent result for United. And... It must. Mourinho must be frustrated that there were individual errors that contributed to the goals. But I think even if United were at their defensive optimum, they'd have still lost that game yesterday. Uh, they're just, as I said, they're just an inferior side. And I think the fact that they're twelve points behind City already. If you said that back in August, I don't think too many people would have been shocked if that came to pass. Yeah, exactly. And Marie did say in his post-match comments, didn't he? He said that starting Fellaini wasn't what he wanted to do. Do I have him as an impact sub mm. like he did against Juventus midweek? Can you think if Pogba would have started? I know it's like ifs and buts, but do you think he would have made the telling difference? We saw in April how impactful he was after the break. And He did have a poor first half. That's yeah. the, the problem, isn't it? It's With Pogba, you often talk about half. So the second half against Newcastle, how he changed the game. Um, I, I don't think he would have made a, a match-winning difference because... Um, there are areas beyond Pogba where United were falling apart and um, City it wasn't like that sophisticated a tactic just targeting Lingard and Young that flank from the first minute and I think for you know it obviously paid off and um, as much as United were undone by, by City being City I don't think City were uh, anywhere near their best which makes it even more alarming really but you do have to factor in that the, the two best players in the Etihad game were Pogba and Sanchez and of course neither started and Sanchez only came on for 15 minutes because of an injury so United I just felt lacked that bit of creativity between um, uh, defence and attack where 
uh, Lingard uh, was really the key player and he had a poor match and I think um, you really need a link player there to, to make those breaks count because uh, that's that's what you have to take against City because United aren't going to dominate I mean you know at least they did try and stop City playing out from the back and, and everything else but um, I think once you saw the team sheets drop in, you know you knew it was going to be a big ask. Yeah, and you saw this week Bournemouth, Juventus, and City. United can see the first in all those games. Only Fulham have less clean sheets in the Premier League than United this season. I saw as well only the three bottom teams have trailed in games for longer than United this season as well. Do you think is the is the issue greater than United's defence being poor, or do you think there's a just a core sort of error in this team where? if it wasn't bolstered up by a good defence there'd still be issues for United or, or do you think it does come down to defensive frailty I think I, I do genuinely think it is down to that um, I mean Mourinho was right in saying that Lindelof and Smalling weren't particularly execrable against City no. the the individual errors were Matic Lingard Shaw I'd argue De Gea as well on, on Aguero's shot I think it, it was savable but having I mean, the irony of this is that United have had a settled back four for the last uh, four or five games, I think, and it's pretty much since Chelsea. It's not changed at all. And they are still conceding goals, but Mourinho isn't changing it because he wants an element of uh, rhythm there and an understanding. And it's just not going to happen. As as long as it's not, as the transfer window is closed, United are going to be a really poor, vulnerable defensive team. Uh, he happened upon a decent formula a couple of years ago with Rojo and Jones, but... It, that 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 was just an anomaly. I think that period, and the, they need that reinforcement there in January. There the, the can't be any excuses for it. Um, the jury was in officially in August, but everyone knew before then that Mourinho was right to feel as though that he needed a defender. And the trouble is, you look, uh, uh, he is going to have to make a change against Palace because Shaw suspended yeah. for that. And you just look at it and you think, okay, so who comes in? And the only out and out recognisable left back of any sort is Rojo and he's a player who's long outstayed his welcome at United who they should be trying to get rid of in January I don't think you'd find a United fan who would say yeah play him Uh, if if Dallow's fit uh, you play him whether it's right back or left back he has played games at left back for Porto and maybe switch young Um, but the alternatives are Darmian they're Valencia they're Rojo at centre back it's Jones um, or Rojo again by it just seems to rotate his his status these days is rotating on the bench uh, I think he's a better player than his former suggests this season but Lindelof has, has got ahead of him so I think in, in terms of the state of the defence I think it is as bad as Mourinho portrays I think other elements of the squad where he's complained about you know we need this player or that player I've not got as much time for him on that the fact of the matter is United are underachieving they shouldn't be below Arsenal and Tottenham never mind Bournemouth they should be doing a lot better than they are at the moment I don't think anybody really expects them to challenge for the title this season but it's almost as if that toxic period from pre-season going into September right up until uh, the second half of Newcastle so we're talking about nearly pretty much a three-month period there that set the tone for their season and the league season was right off before it even began so you're looking at can they salvage the season by winning the FA Cup or fluking it in the Champions League turning very Wenger already isn't it it has yeah which which is galling in itself that United went from 
going from sixth to second, measured progress, and now it's back to challenging for the top four, which has kind of epitomised the, the post-Ferguson years so far. Uh, and, and with Mourinho, he's not a surefire bet to finish in the top four again this season, and they're already seven points off Tottenham. Yeah, you talk about uh, individual errors. One player in particular who fans have been questioning lately, Kieran, is the man in Matic in midfield. Again, you feel sorry for him because there was no way he's going to be dropped when Pogba's out anyway. There was, that was never going to happen against City um, no. without his personnel. Mourinho might say he's unfortunate in that sense that, that Pogba is missing because he didn't get to play the team he wanted to. But do you think United's approach could have been any different against City at the weekend? Or do you think they, they did what they had to do and just sort of try and nullify the City attack as much as they could? Because yeah. we've seen maybe against Juventus, I mean, personally from what I saw in the first couple of five minutes so United were quite bright they had the first real chances of the game against City um, similar to how they played against Juventus but eventually City just became too much for them but do you think there was any any changes he could have made in the approach? I think if if Fred had been on form and settled he would start in this United team but because he's taken time um, you know he had maybe six or seven games without being used before he started against Bournemouth and obviously didn't have a brilliant game and um, I think with Match, he, he will never. I, I can't see him being dropped. You know, I, yeah. I, Mourinho touched upon it a couple of weeks ago about you know they're trying to open up a bit more, and that's partly why defensively they've been uh, terrible this season. But the the key thing is repeating was balance, and, and Matic, um even just being named in the team is that. I uh, know he's, he's he's terribly out of form, but. Um, he is the definition of a Mourinho player and for Mourinho to drop him it's going to take something sensational but like Lukaku he just needs he needs a rest but um, Mourinho favours playing players into to form you know unless they're you know like Sanchez he, he's trying to send a message but Madish is someone who's always been on his side who uh, he knows he can rely on in the dressing room and I'd be very surprised if he was to drop him anytime soon but you know, we were talking, um, you know, more than a year ago, how mad Chelsea were to let him go. Perhaps we're seeing signs of, you know, maybe why they did. Um, I know it's mad to say that, given <laughs> that they brought Bakayoko in instead. Yeah. Was obviously, was a lot worse. But um, I think this is a player who's, I guess, his best days yeah. are probably behind him. But it's just um, that kind of figure Mourinho really needs in the team, and um, I think if you start kind of taking bits out of United and start saying well they need X and Y and Z you're going to have six starting players who need to be in that team (laughs) so I think there are almost other areas that are just as important to look at now Um, but the danger is come summer they're going to have three, four, five positions that really need addressing and that's just to stop them falling even further behind. Yeah, you talk about recruitment. Anyway, it's interesting that Fred's not really taken it. Sam, what, what do you think the issue has been for Fred? Because we said that Mourinho has loyalty in certain players, but maybe there's some players, maybe some of the newer recruits who, if they don't perform too well, don't get an extra chance straight away. Do you think Fred's been harshly treated by United this season or do you think he's just not shown enough? I just don't think he's shown enough. Um I mean, he started the first. He looked quite tidy in the the Leicester game. The, the I guess game. the Wolves game was the only real sort of encouraging performance. Yeah, and, yeah, and that and was sort of glistened by a goal. Exactly. I I didn't think he really contributed too much other than the goal, which obviously is is a major contribution. But he he seemed overwhelmed at Brighton, and I know United have lost two games there now, and the, the problems in those games go well beyond Fred, but. 
if if you are coming in as a fifty-two million pound midfielder, there's an expectation you're going to be able to handle and look after yourself against Brighton. He didn't, and more relevantly, he didn't at Bournemouth either. I was a little bit perplexed. At, uh, uh, apparently, I, I didn't see these tweets <laughs> because my notification settings are so tight these days. But apparently, I was being bombarded by these nothing statistics from United support saying that Fred completed X amount of passes. He did these interceptions in the final third. As Mourinho said, people who need to rely on stats don't have a great understanding yes, of football. Trying, yeah. And if Fred was so good at Bournemouth, then he wouldn't have been hauled off early in the in the second half. Now Matic was also woeful at Bournemouth and was also uh, lucky to stay on for the for the full duration. But Fred, he's he's just not got up to speed, and Matic has that experience uh, of the Premier League and is obviously familiar with Mourinho. He's been signed twice by Mourinho they've won two trophies together I think it was Diego Costa who commented on that Matic Instagram post last season where he's sharing a coffee with uh, Mourinho saying Pai Filio which is father and son and only I think in September a couple of days after that woeful West Ham performance Mourinho uh, Mourinho always chooses which player uh, fronts up for the pre-match Champions League press conference and he chose Matic which spoke volumes of uh, how, how implicitly he trusts him but he has been out of form for the best part of a year now uh, I mean I think earlier in the year there was a bit of an understanding there because I was told he, he was carrying an injury and he was playing through that but there are no more excuses left uh, with Matic I think that also a more relevant point just just comparing United and City is I think it was the tallest team in the league against the shortest team in the league and Mourinho's approach where he does value physical players and power players it's becoming it's become a little bit outdated and in recent weeks we've seen him mix it up a bit more Uh, I I think it would have been better if they did have a front three that had Sanchez in it against City but of course the the injury enforced uh, a recall for Rashford and it's going to be a difficult decision for him to make when it comes to dropping Matic because it's going to have to happen at some stage but you look at United's next run of fixtures, Palace home, Young Boys home, Southampton away, Arsenal home, Fulham home, building up to that week where they're away at Valencia and Liverpool. It's it's a good opportunity to bring Fred back in. Uh, Fred's been excluded from the Brazil squad, which again is a reflection of his struggles at United. It's a chance for him to take stock uh, and hopefully for his sake, get back into the team. But as, as Kieran said, I, I don't think anybody would be surprised if, if Matic is starting against uh, Palace uh, next week. Yeah, it's interesting that. I mean, <clears throat> you talk about an interesting break. From a player's point of view, now there's this two-week break, you just want to get a game oh, yeah. straight away. You want to get out of your system. Um, but upon reflection, that sort of sort of segment of the season we've just had, it's not been great by United. There's been, there's been games which have been improved. The, the, the last week in general, United haven't really played well. If you look for the last minutes, it's probably about an hour's worth of football, which has been easy on the eye. But the two big wins... Maybe the one against Bournemouth shouldn't be celebrated as much as it was because the nature of the away day. But the win against Juventus was huge. Do you think that the Derby defeat is maybe... Obviously, it's gone linger. It's a Derby defeat. But United's week hasn't really been as bad as maybe this, the spirits are at the moment, suggesting it is. No. If you go going into that week, one win and one defeat would be them punching above their weight because Juventus and City are 
the elite teams in Europe both should be expected to get uh, to the Champions League semi-finals. Juventus invested, you know, bringing Ronaldo in, bringing Bonucci back. Uh, City's alleged cooking of the books. You know, the, the, I think the the intention from the club bringing Guardiola in has always been to to win the Champions yeah. League. Uh, you know, Guardiola can't quite understand why City fans have this antipathy towards the Champions League um, you know I mean they, they they booed the away for Anthem again last week should have been perhaps cheering they it, should have they? been cheering it yeah exactly um, so I think from United's perspective Mourinho was quite philosophical about it as well yesterday because I think he knows that even though he won't say it he knows that they're not going to be in for a shout with winning the title this season um, so if they can stay in the Champions League as long as possible if you get to the quarterfinals as he says it you've you've got a pretty good chance of going all the way we've seen previous teams who have kind of like fluked it almost freakish campaigns it, it's happened probably three times this century I'd say uh, Mourinho's Porto were one team so I think looking at last week's Games Juventus was probably the more important one for United because uh, the the league season has just felt like a, a write off before it even started, which is is embarrassing for United, mm. but that's the reality of it. Okay, and do you think United still have a realistic chance of finishing the top four? I know a lot of it will really depend mm. on what happens in January, won't it? Um, I guess. And another question is, do you think the the board will trust Mourinho to buy a new centre back? I know it's easy to say they definitely need one. We've known that for over a year, really. They need a new centre-back. In the summer, the negotiations never really f- came together. But the fact that Mourinho did spend a lot of money on Fred and he can't get a game, yeah. do you think there's going to be maybe a hesitance to back him in January? Yeah, I suppose they'll turn around and say, well, you've got Bailly, can't even get in the squad, who we coughed up £30 million for, and Rojo and Jones are on big contracts, aren't they? So I think it's fairly unprecedented for a top team to have six centre-backs if they were to bring in another one and then to bring in one of real worth is going to be at least 75 million you would think uh, to find that in January is is really hard um, so I, I personally have a few doubts whether they will actually cough up which uh, you know I, I still don't think it's a magic wand situation solution rather just to to you don't want to panic by a defender they've done that enough albeit what, what concerns me as well is they obviously did their homework on Lindelof in particular and, and, and by they, they tracked um, it was a very left field by but they, they kept their eye on him yet um, they haven't been resounding successes so what is the strategy that you know you're going forward to get at the perfect centre back if you don't trust your manager's judgement on that position um, and your scouts aren't delivering you know um, a real winner you know he, he talked about West Ham's Diop you know the, the big monster of a centre back and you're kind of wondering where is this target going to come from then um, because United and Marino traditionally don't like buying in January um, and in a way if they are 10 points off the top four in January that may yet work in his favour because that's what matters to the Glazers isn't it it's um, you know they, they've been back in Manchester to see two defeats <laughs> that won't really worry them too much because uh, they weren't you know, the club, the football, is, were the club they? is still yeah. doing really well off the field but the top four is so so important um, you know they only spent you know real big amounts after uh, Moyes and Van Hal failed to get them there so it could be an interesting situation come January if they are still far behind but equally I think you do look at 
how the bench has changed games in the past two matches. When he's had a clean bill of health, you're seeing the squad's actually done okay, hasn't it? You know, Rashford, Herrera changed the game against Bournemouth, Matt and Flaine against Juventus. Um, you know, Lukaku uh, against City winning a penalty, albeit it was a bit, bit fortunate. But there is, I still feel there's a whole lot more that that squad can give and that Mourinho can get out of them. Um, and that just buying a centre half, I don't think is going to be a magic wand for that defence. Tony had three clean sheets all season, is pathetic. Yeah, it doesn't matter yeah. who you are, who's playing. Yeah. I guess for the Glazers, as long as the app's still doing well in the charts, that's all that really matters. But um, Samuel, in, in, Kieran alluded to it there about the substitutions. It depends which angle you want to look at. Because from some point of view, I see Mourinho's got a lot of praise saying his, cha- his substitutions have changed games. But surely he shouldn't be in a position where he needs substitutions to keep on changing the games. Because it just seems like a broken record every time we watch United, where they're always looking for who they've got on the bench to try to change this game. It, I mean, it makes for exciting uh, spectacles. Uh, it makes and for lots very, of ruined match reports. Yes, yeah, stressful as well. press boxes as well. Um, with with Mata, I, I like I like Juan Mata. Everybody likes Juan Mata as a person and as a player. That is not the city is not the kind of game to start him in. I just don't think. I know he's had influence. He, he's been an influence in top six games yeah. previously. He was against Chelsea earlier this season, but I think against a team like City, the way they pay with the pace, I just think it passes him by because he's not the quickest of players. Um, I mean, it was, it was remarkable. Lukaku even made an impact. I think when he was coming on, I even said, like, there's, there's not going to be much coming from here. And I think the disappointment with Lukaku was that he then actually did have the impact of winning the penalty. And then afterwards, you thought, OK, this is going to jolt him here. Yeah, there's nothing. And there was, he didn't really offer anything. And Lindelof said they need to be more aggressive because you did, you could feel it. The City fans sat in front of us, they were getting edgy over the fact that United had got that goal and it was almost like oh Christ is, yeah. is it going to happen again it's because like he's saying in hindsight that City fans say oh it's comfortable we're always going to win but there was a you sense that when it was 2-1 you yeah. think there were, April was coming back yeah there were I mean some of the some of the uh, guys in the press box who were City fans they weren't getting carried away at half time even though they were that dominant in the first half because it was only 1-0 and you thought when Aguero made it Two 0 so mm. early on, it, they would coast to it, but it was anyway. The scoreline suggested it was a it was something of a, a contest until the eighty sixth minute. Um, but I mean, going going back to the the whole centre back point, I, I, I do think that if they were to sign one in January, they would have to sell as well because, yeah. as Kieran says, they would be saddled <clears throat> with six of them. For the life of me, I don't know how Rojo got like, a new contract in March whoever signed it off whoever it's just one of the most mindless contracts that's, there's ever been in United's history I think because he's played about five times this calendar year um, he's been frankly crap for all but five months of his United career and I mean he is like you know fans will say he's stealing and living and everything but I mean, he's he's got a comfortable life going for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the 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 problem they had in the summer was that they did they wanted to sell him. They thought they had a buyer, but because United were so useless at actually trying to bring a defender in, that held up that deal. So it reflects terribly on them. Even that, and they can't come out and say, "Yeah, we really wanted to get rid of this guy because it just doesn't it doesn't work that way." And the problem United have got is that everybody knows that they are absolutely desperate for a centre back. So the the normal United tax that 
is, is, is put on their interest has now inflated I think into Milan wanted 75 million for M- Milan Skriniar Leicester City wanted 75 million for Harry Maguire because Liverpool who were absolutely adamant that Virgil van Dijk was the defender for them spent that 75 million pounds the only alternative would be Toby Alderweireld who United were very very coy about their interest in him but there was dialogue going on there up until August I think with United as pathetic as it sounds they still there's still a bit of the Wayne Rooney complex they have whereby when they signed Mass that time off Chelsea they dealt through intermediaries because they didn't want to get into a conversation about Chelsea possibly signing Wayne Rooney and in the summer it's almost as if they didn't want to get in a conversation with Tottenham about selling Anthony Martial and in fairness they've been vindicated there Mourinho's actually got on with it and Martial's been brilliant but you know Alderweireld is the obvious option yet the counterpoint and the caveat to that is that United don't want to be all about short term anymore and I can understand that to a certain extent with you look at Matic um, and, and the way he's he started to disintegrate but I don't think Alderweireld turns 30 in March and the days when a footballer turned 30 and then that was it for them yeah. but a long gone the, you'd um, still get two three seasons out of them probably yeah it? Just, exactly I mean, if that's the, enough to get your Champions League football surely that's it, absolutely and, and the durability is better of players this, these days with um, you know medical departments and how much the technology has improved and really you know with Alderweireld the relevant thing is that he's still not signed that new Tottenham contract he probably won't do he's got a 25 million release clause in the summer um, their stadium costs are spiralling there's got to have even with Daniel Levy you'd think he would do something in Tottenham's best interest and take that slight hit on it just so that uh, he can settle down the squad because Pochettino was ready to phase him out towards yeah. the end of last season and the only reason he's been playing him this season is because Alderweireld is still a Tottenham player so he's the one that you would still say there's an opening there but I think United from Ed Woodward's perspective he'd only probably be be willing to return that phone call he received from Levy in the summer uh, if if Marshall's tied down on a new contract before January yeah Marshall's contract is something that fans are always going to be harped on about now especially five goals in a row in the Premier League fixtures becomes only the seventh United player to achieve that feat I was going to try list them all off the top of my head but I can't remember Do you 60 know seconds yeah Van Persie did it for no twice is it, once. Is it six in five did you yeah he's got five league games in a row Premier League oh, games the, in a row uh, Van Nistelrooy did it four one. times Jeez. Cantona did it once York did it once Rooney did it twice Van Persie yeah I can't remember the other two who were the other two (laughs) do you have the answers no I don't remember (laughs) but if I did answers on the post it would have been great if we would have known the answer to that but who knows but Marshall in general Kieran he's just pulled out of the uh, France squad for injury as well this lunchtime I saw some United fans try and look at the positives and that say well that's two weeks more of us and hopefully no one really knows the extent of the injury Mm. it's just a slight knock we presume anyway but uh, Marshall in general masterclass from him and he's done fantastic to sort of prove his critics wrong and to become probably the first name on the on the team sheet yeah without doubt I think um, he's been at the heart of this kind of mini revival hasn't he right back to the the equaliser against Newcastle the two goals against Chelsea um, and 
uh, he was brilliant against Everton. For me, what's encouraging is he's not necessarily having 10 out of 10 games each time, but he's scoring the goals. And um, I think sometimes in the past, we always associate his best games with scoring, whereas now he can have a pretty average game and, and still come up with one moment of brilliance. Um, but yeah, it, it's I think it's been a surprise for most people because um, you think how the summer went and how... Um, Horny, it still seemed that he's he's done really well to turn it around and obviously Mourinho has altered his approach a bit I thought there was one interesting point midway through the first half where Martial put the ball out of play for a throw in and Mourinho raced out of his chair and <laughs> gone no here we go he's gonna he's gonna give him a bullet but he just uh, applauded him and said it's okay keep going and I know that's really a small detail but a year ago maybe I don't think we would have seen that and we're seeing it the other way uh, the Everton even game in, uh, yeah. even in Burn even, wasn't it even in Burn yeah <laughs> he was he was really uh, <laughs> losing him. his will with to live with him and against Everton how Martial's paying that back by tracking back something we don't associate with him in he used the, to be the a didn't yeah, it yeah so I think uh, I think it can be overplayed oh, Mourinho's effect on Shaw and, and Martial because he's been so horrible to them obviously in, in days gone by but everyone seems to be on the same page there and I think given how toxic that dress room seemed um, only a couple of months ago um, there is belief and confidence in the team I was noticeable how the heads didn't drop after they went 1-0 down against City whereas you know, not too long ago I think you know, I would have capitulated there so there, I think there are signs that you know the, everyone is on the same page and, and Martial's obviously been at the heart of that Yeah we said uh, you mentioned it earlier as well Sam well these next two games in the league very winnable games for United I know Herrera spoke to the United website I think after the game saying that they are must win games they want to get to the top four this season which is I guess you say every game is a must win game for United now it's that cliche but I guess to finish today do you do you still feel confident United can finish in the top four this season? I wouldn't say confident, but I think they're not out of it. I mean, seven points is is not insurmountable. Uh, Mourinho said in one of his programme notes recently that he expects them to be in a better position at the end of December. And at the moment, he says, not going to be difficult. They could go from seventh to sixth. Works in his narrative, I guess. Absolutely. But you look at United's run of fixtures and I think it's, is quite kind compared to what it could be uh, in the as I said I think four of the next five are at home they've got that week where they've got Valencia away Liverpool away the Valencia game might be, be completely inconsequential they might have already qualified then and then it's Cardiff away just before Christmas and then home games that's what over. everyone wants at Christmas isn't it yeah. <laughs> trip to South Wales and I think it's Boxing Day Huddersfield home Bournemouth home last last game of the year so it's it's quite a good December I think to have in terms of just looking at the fixtures on the face of it the caveat is that last year they had a really bad December they drew quite I think three or four games they lost to City but the previous year in his first December they embarked on their best period of form under Mourinho and I think he's counting on that because he senses the mood in the dressing room is a lot better he going of what he said to the players in the dressing room after the, the City game he wasn't hostile with them he said you're playing better we're getting better he wants to keep the mood upbeat 
And I think he is doing that. I mean, it's got to the point where against Crystal Palace, it, it might even be a surprise if they actually do concede first <laughs> in that game. Palace haven't won a game, I think, in the league for nearly two months so now. That's that, that's that jinx then, isn't it? Yeah, so... Mm. Bring that club you know, back up. We're, we're in danger of going into a United game where we might expect them to, to actually win it and, and win it comfortably. But they going into that Liverpool game, which I think is like the 16th of December, yeah. um, I think they need to take like... 10 or 12 points from the next four games and three of them are at home uh, Arsenal is obviously the the one tricky, the, the trickiest one out of that, that little quartet there but if they've got 10 or 12 points after that uh, going into that Liverpool game you'd expect them to be closer to the top five the top four um, I just think December is a really crucial month for Mourinho and it's also particularly crucial if he does want to be uh, backed in January and yeah. have that additional ammunition for, for his own um, his own image if you like uh, because he does like to play it out in public an awful lot then he's going to need a very good run of form uh, in, in the run up to Christmas and, and just after I guess Kieran the is positive for United in the, in the fact that they have played some decent football over the last couple of weeks. They have maybe a two-week break, which could could help them really going into that next set of fixtures. As someone said, it's just a big end to the year really for United now. And maybe the fact they will be playing so consistently, almost two games a week, is, is something that can really sort of breed the success in the team and keep the momentum going. Yeah, that's what the players want because you think before that Bournemouth game, they had a, a, a rare week on the training ground, mm. and you would not have been able to tell it was you. It's, it's, it was a remarkable first. And Mourinho said that, didn't he? The yeah. Game. yeah, he said it was the best <laughs> yeah. warm-up, the best preparation they'd had to a game of the se- all season, the best warm-up as well. I'm not sure how you judge a warm-up before a match on what's really good the and what's bad. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the players personally would rather just have a game every three days because if you have a setback, you can immediately get out your system. If you win, you can get a run together and that's what they need. Um, because, you know, bar that Liverpool game, I think all those games on paper United should be winning but because it's this United where every time you it's go into it's almost more pressure in that sense yeah, isn't it I, I always feel weirdly more confident for them when they have a, a tougher team than when they have a game they're expected to dominate and win um, and we've seen it with West Ham we've seen it how he, he sets up reactively and he's thinking about the opposition threat rather than what he can do with his team that's obviously changing slowly but surely and um it's a real chance just to, to start to, to put a stamp on it again because, um, you know, feasibly, if they were to go into the new year, you know, 12, 15 points behind top four, it's a big ask, isn't it? Well, we shall see. That's the treat we've got looking forward to. At least you two will be busy for the next uh, couple of weeks leading up to Christmas as well. I'm not sure we get shopping in in time for that, but... We'll have a way. Uh, the Christmas well, market's here. You can pop in after work and uh, get one shopping centre in Cardiff or something. <laughs> one, one of those. Are there any games you're looking forward to most out of in this run up to Christmas? I'm guessing Liverpool is, is the easy one to say, but it, it, it is. Uh, any I mean, any grounds you're looking forward to going to? Or? If there's something riding on on Valencia, the, the, the go to the Mestalla. Um, it's a nice old ground. Not, not been no, not not done that uh, that stadium yet. I think Arsenal is. It's a midweek. It's a night game as well. Sometimes that those. You know, those those evening games bring out the best in the atmosphere <laughs> but you, you, it's, it's, it's difficult to tell it, it's going to be very much dependent on what United are, how United's <laughs> form is going into that game as well but certainly Liverpool I think it's, it's always going to be the one that stands out and 
you know, I don't think I don't think United under Mourinho have, have conceded a goal there yet either. Although they've not scored there, yeah. that's 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 the flip side. <laughs> Two ways you can look at that. Yes, start, isn't absolutely. There? We should say, Kieran. I'm sure you'll be enjoying your trip down to Cardiff, won't you? Southampton away as well. Oh, you're in for a treat, aren't you? Fucking up those miles. But <laughs> as usual, we'll bring you the billet to all those games after the international break, which we will try and survive for the next two weeks. Make sure to subscribe to us on your relevant podcast platform, and please do leave us a review and help the podcast grow even more. Thank you very much, Kieran. Thank you very much, Samuel, for joining Cheers. us today. Thank you. And stick with us at the Manchester Evening News for all your latest United news.